Glory be to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. This Sunday could be called Good Shepherd Sunday. We run into the image of the Good Shepherd everywhere in today's service. We heard it in the prayer at the very beginning of the service. Then we listened to that wonderful psalm, Psalm 23. And finally, in the Gospel of John, we hear of Jesus as the shepherd that leads us and who is also the gate that helps us enter into the kingdom of God. And of course, in the music at this service, we hear it over and over, that wonderful theme of a shepherd. The Good Shepherd. The shepherd's image is an essential one for us Christians. So let's unpack it and see what it can mean for us on, in our daily lives. In ancient, ancient Israel, people saw their kings as shepherds, probably because King David was a shepherd boy and was called the shepherd king. So all the kings in Israel after King David, their greatest king were called shepherds. Being a shepherd was more than a title though. It was a job description. Shepherds were supposed to care for their people, concerned about the needs of the people, especially those experiencing poverty and those who require help just to get through life and to live life. A shepherd leader seeks to unite even in the face of divisions. Shepherds, good shepherds, listen, encouraging people, helping people to find hope even in the midst of their challenges. But there were times in Israel's history when even their great kings fell short of the mark. The prophet Ezekiel Prophesying, prophesying at the beginning of the 6th century in one of the darkest times in Israel's history before the exile of the nation of Judah spoke of shepherds that did not look after their flock well. In the 34th chapter of Ezekiel, the word of the Lord came to the prophet and said, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Thus says the Lord, Woe, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep, the weak? You have not strengthened the sick. You have not healed the disabled. You have not bound up the lost. You have not brought back home. Ezekiel takes up the cause of the prophets who cry out when shepherd leaders don't lead their people as good shepherds. These shepherds fulfill not the needs of the people, but their own needs. Because of this, through the prophet, God declares that one of these days, I will come. God will come and will be the people's leader. God will be the shepherd. Ezekiel prophesied a revolutionary idea that someday God would come amid God's people and live with them, leading them the way a good shepherd is supposed to lead. Jesus, in the Gospel of John, 
in today's gospel, speaking about seven centuries later, takes up the mantle of the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus tells us that I am the shepherd who will lay down his life for his sheep, a prediction of his crucifixion. I will teach them, he tells us, tells his disciples and to us. I will teach them how to live, how to love, and how to serve. The gospelist John wants to make this very clear. God chose to come to us out of love. Loving us so much that the good shepherd became the sacrificial lamb for us. And the good news today, this morning, this Sunday, this Sunday in which we celebrate the good shepherd is that Jesus as God is our good shepherd always loving and guiding us and never leaving us even when facing when we face the challenges of life the transitions of life the ups and the downs of life Jesus tells his disciples that as the good shepherd he will always be with them and with us but here's the thing the human condition is that we don't believe it we don't believe it when we are going through the challenges and transitions of life that God is with us we have a hard time because all we see is the challenge before us and we think that we face this challenge alone. I pray that you know that you can trust God, the Good Shepherd, to lead us to the kingdom. The 23rd Psalm is a model of how we live if we trust in the Good Shepherd. If we believe in the Good Shepherd, and if we believe that God is our shepherd. It reminds us that life is a journey and that there will be dangers and there will be risks along the way. But in the end, an incredible treasure will await us. It's the same message, message that is present in the tales of all cultures all around the world where an ordinary person is called upon to undertake some formidable task to climb a mountain to go through a desert in exodus to face dragons or to face demons to face hardships to face transitions but in the end there is a great treasure kingdom or wisdom something that we will never possess unless we take the journey and we take that journey in faith the psalmist reminds us that in that journey of life we are to have confidence and faith in the great shepherd and when we do we will be all right we don't know how but somehow, it'll all be good. People of Christ Church, 
I invite you to trust, to have faith, to have faith in the Great Shepherd and to be in the zone. That's an interesting phrase. I recently read an article about Pele as I was preparing for this sermon. The Brazilian football legend who passed away in December. He's been added, to, by the way, to the Portuguese edition of uh, the Michaelis Dictionary as an adjective, though, not as a person, as an adjective to describe something or someone out of the ordinary. That's why I got interested in this. I, I just learned about it. Pele, he's in the dictionary as an adjective. You could be a Pele of basketball. You could be a Pele of tennis. And as I was looking into Pele, I came across his definition of athletes entering the zone. You know, the zone. In sports, the zone is an experience of perfect harmony between self and the environment and performance. It is when everything comes together for an athlete when you experience the zone, you experience a strange peace or calm. Pele says that he, he called it, as I was reading about it, a kind of euphoria. He said, quote, when it comes, I feel like I could run all day without tiring. I can run right through the other team's defensive zone without being touched. I feel I can play without ever being hurt. That is what he calls entering the zone. As an athlete, I've never entered that zone. <laughs> no, not at all. But the zone sounds remarkably like the 23rd, 23rd Psalm, doesn't it? What the 23rd Psalm talks about. Think of the 23rd Psalm as entering the zone. There's a wonderful story about a great actor, Charles Lawton, who was at a dinner. He was at a dinner party, and after dinner, they gathered in the living room, and the host called them all something to recite some poem or say something or some song. So he, this actor, this great actor, recounted the 23rd Psalm that night. And as a great actor would, he superbly did it with poise and with resonance and with great depth. Then they went out around to the next person in the room uh, as others were offered to, were invited to offer their gifts. So it was an old woman sitting in the corner who happened to be the host's aunt. And she too was asked if she could recite something. But she was nearly deaf. So she hadn't heard what had gone right before with that great actor, Charles Lawton. So she stood up, and what did she do? She recited the 23rd Psalm. At first, everyone was a little bit embarrassed. And it was awkward to have her recite the same psalm as the great actor. But before she finished, people were caught up in her recitation. 
Some even began to weep. It was a tour de force. Later, somebody asked Mr. Lawton why her reading was so moving when she didn't have any of the skills that an actor would have. And then he simply said this, Friend, I know the psalm. She knows the shepherd. She knows the shepherd. Christ Church, you know the shepherd. I'm going to read to you Psalm 23. I want you to close your eyes. Imagine the great shepherd with you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.